Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to JU Israel's The Teacher's Lounge podcast, where we keep you connected to what's going on with Israel and hopefully give you some insight behind the headlines. I'm your host, Michael Unterberg, here this week with producer Matt Littman. How's it going, Matt? Good morning, everybody. It's going great, Mike. Thank you. Uh, co-host, always co-host, Alan Goldman isn't here this week. He's returning uh, from the States. We are in a very beautiful place in Israel. We are in Wahat al-Salam, Neve Shalom, which in English means Oasis of Peace. And you're going to hear a little bit more about uh, this place and what it means to the people who live here. And uh, Matt, would you introduce our guest? I would love to. Thank you, Mike. Uh, we're here this morning. We're going to be speaking to Samach Salem, Salameh. I hope I pronounced that sort of correctly. Um, Samach is joining us here this morning. She's going to talk to us about the uh, reaction from the um, the Arab community in Israel, the Arab citizens of Israel, uh, to the recent nation-state law. And she was also involved in a number of protests recently against the law. Um, and also we talked last week on the podcast about there was a big Arabic lesson in Tel Aviv that was designed to be a reaction to that. And she was instrumental in that pro- in that uh, Arabic lesson, and she taught to the lesson. She's going to talk to us about that as well. So here we are with Samach. Good morning. Good morning, and welcome to Wahd al-Salam, Shalom. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Ahlan wa sahlan, in Arabic we say. That's hello and welcome? Yeah. Um, can you tell us first about this place? Like, I don't know that people know of its existence or know what, what it's about. Can you give us like a brief overview of where we are? Wahd al-Salam Neve Shalom is a very small community based in, uh, exactly actually, between Jerusalem and Tel Aviv in the Latrun area. And was founded by Father Brun Hussar. Uh, he was the Dominican monk in the Latrun uh, church next to us. And uh, the church donated actually this uh, land. It's interna- by the international law, it's no man land, um, 40 years ago in order to establish a peace project, peace village um, that have to contain uh, Arab and Jews, Palestinian and Israelis, uh, Muslim, Jewish and Christian residents of Israel uh, who wish to live together. And here we are, we are 70 families, 300 uh, individuals, and we operate primary school, which was the first uh, bilingual binational um, primary school based in Israel. Now uh, we are uh, very happy to have uh, uh, extended um, hand-in-hand uh, schools. We, so we have an Hagar in Beersheba, so we are now seven bilingual school in Israel. Um, this is our post fan, so. <laughs> yeah, you may hear some honking where this office is right near the parking we lot. Are That's a little a bit isolated here on the top of this hill, so we don't have, uh, you know, uh, um, we do not have any um, post office banks or or even grocery school, uh, you know, supermarket or something like that. Um, and um, the special place here, the special thing that people and families. Um, um, Designed and choose to leave their own communities and to live together and democracy. And uh, we are 50% Palestinian, 50% uh, Jewish, and we vote for everything. So we are members of church community, and we are trying to practice like uh, direct democracy uh, in everyday life. How does that work, direct democracy here in Wahat al-Salam, Neve Shalom, that that's how the city is run, how the town is run? We are uh, all members of the one general assembly that uh, voted for, for the municipal council, and uh, we vote for our uh, um, mayor, 
and he is part of uh, and he represent us in uh, us in a regional uh, council Mate Yehuda and uh, we are one uh, small village in among 40 villages around us but uh, municipality and uh, you know we pay taxes and we um, um, run our own you know facilities and and um, village um, but the education system is belong to non-profit uh, that we are trying to fundraise and to, you know, to, um, and I'm need leading the education system here, which include the school for peace, the primary school, and uh, we call the third institution, the spiritual center. Um, we are not religious uh, community. Most of us are uh, secular. I'm, I'm myself conservative. I'm Muslim uh, um, woman. And uh, we do celebrate the uh, holidays of the three religions, but the basic thing here, the the um, contract between us is uh, to talk about uh, the Palestinian and the Israeli issue and the, the conflict, uh, the national conflict here, and we believe that the solution of, uh, of any conflict is to recognize and to try to fix what's happened in the history and to try to, you know, move forward in, in, in with shared values based on equality, democracy, and respect for every narrative. And uh, this is what we are trying to do, and we challenge ourselves. And this government, you know, are giving us a very hard time doing this, and, uh, and this is not an uh, easy task these days. Uh, sometimes we are popular, sometimes we are uh, less popular. So it depends on the foreign affairs of, of the government. For example, they now begged us today to host a, a, a delegation from China. They want to show them what this is about because so sometimes we play this game but uh, we we do when when trump actually show up here in in this for us disasters uh, declaration of uh, of uh, united jerusalem so-called uh, they wanted really to come and to, to do something some documentary about this peace project and um, we refused for example to cooperate with that because we are we don't get any funds from the government so it's not their achievement to show up as as uh, israel um, so decisions like that to accept a delegation from China or not to accept a delegation from uh, from the American government, is that a decision that's voted for in your council that you were talking about? Or does the head of the local authority make that decision? Who chooses to accept or, or refuse something like that? We here and in the public relations office, we have a staff um, contained Palestinian and Arabs, and of course we have like executive committee to to take this uh, you know ongoing uh, uh, decision. So we 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 tried uh, because we need people to know about this project uh, and to know the truth about this uh, this village, you know, from our perspective. So we we accept everyone. Hillary Clinton was here, for example, in '96, uh, and. Uh, um, we host everybody and we open our arms for everybody who want to listen to, to the project but we cannot uh, give any uh, fake facts or, or to pretend that uh, that we that we belong or we uh, obey or we any kind uh, have any kind of relationship with the establishment of, of uh, or the government of Israel for example we we decided uh, today afternoon to host this delegation from China uh, um, and we put our conditions like uh, who is going to speak to them um, the Arab uh, uh, citizen the Jewish citizen and to give the story without the interfere of the uh, um, uh, foreign affairs uh, officer 
so so they accept this condition and that's why we 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 will will be them with spend three hours uh, in to you know tell tell the story and uh, when they ask us to do a documentary before trump comes they they say this is part of of like a documentary about you know the democracy of Israel and we can we cannot be part of that and uh, so it depends on, on what uh, activity we are talking and what kind of delegation we are accepting so when you have a sense that somebody's here to learn about uh, Wahat Salam Neve Shalom you're happy to have them but if you feel the government is using you as a fig leaf to cover up their lack of efforts then you don't want to be used that way course we we were like we may after 40 years you make every mistake you can imagine in this field so we learned you know to understand who's abusing us and who's really want to uh, learn we found ourselves two years ago like in the middle of of awful documentary about uh, about uh, the Zionist movement and and Israel and um, um, the editor like the director was really unprofessional and and take a very small words here and there and uh, um, just produce another narrative for this thing and uh, uh, sometimes mistakes happen that's why we are much more careful now because uh, the media is very very important what people hear about us is very important uh, when I agreed to have this interview one of my conditions was to to give me the chance to have to, to you know to tell the story and the whole picture and uh, I know that some people around the world and especially in the Israeli community in the Israeli society don't really like the model and don't sympathize us or the idea that Arab and Jewish can be equal in this this land uh, but I do have um, um, the, the basic you know platform I really need the place to uh, to bring myself without any um, you know fear of, of being uh, cutting or, or edited so so this is this is what we do Um but we still, uh, I think our challenge is to, to welcome people who don't agree with us because we have lots of people who, especially from outside, who really want uh, to understand how it's going. It's it's not an experimental thing. It's like for 40 years and we have 60,000 who graduate, who graduate our education system. Uh, so it's reality and our next generation, you know, uh, now are coming back and want to build their own home. So something is is good like we have waiting list from arab and jewish family who want to join this community and this is also a good sign and we don't have uh, enough place for everyone so i really want to tell the world that there there is some people inside israel arab and jewish palestinian israel who really believe in 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 real democracy and and complete equality and this is the only equation that i know that people can live together peacefully and uh, and they have to start thinking about this is this is the normal situation for us for our kids this is the normal situation for outside kids who go to the army or go to the and they were raised up in a different education system they were told and that uh, that we have to fight each other forever so I challenge that narrative uh, with, with my existing here uh, I came to the village from Jerusalem I was born in, in in the north my family is refugee family they became refugee in 48 so 
So my uh, extended family became refugee in Syria in 48. And six years ago, they became refugee again in, in Germany. So it's, it's happened because of wars. It's happened because of the war in 48. And that my, um, my people pay the price of the establishment of Israel. And I was born in different uh, village in the Galil in the north uh, and seeing the remains of my original village. So I am, I am a refugee too. I have the story of, of, of pain and, and uh, we call it the Nakba, that this Palestinian disaster. Uh, but on the other hand, I have neighbors who celebrate in 48, what's happened in 48, because they have the chance to came and to establish their own uh, Jewish family in, in uh, uh, Israel on this land. But I am here, I'm still here, and they have to cope with me and with that because I feel that I own this place and I am the indigenous people. I, am, I represent the people who were here and we are not going anywhere. So this kind of discussion, this kind of, of, of stories have to be on the table. And we have our job as educators is to open the space and to bring these uh, stories to the same room without this, the uh, fear or threat of, of being um, uh, silenced or, or to isolated or delegitimize any uh, side of the people. And uh, we here in this community, we do talk about the occupation. We don't like the siege in Gaza and we protest uh, uh, in order to, against the settlement for, for example. We know what is not doing well or what's not contributing in the Israeli policy to uh, normalize the occupation. Uh, so that's why, for example, a political decision is not to accept here Palestinians from the West Bank or, or from East Jerusalem because they are not Israeli citizens. And so we, we try to play this game of citizenship. We, I am, I am, um, I have the Israeli citizenship. Um, I was born here and I, I pay my taxes and I think that I am as a social worker and I'm doing very good job as a citizen. I, I don't break lo the law usually. Um, I'm not talking about parking. To, uh, we won't tell. Don't worry. We won't. Yeah, I know. That's now all American. <laughs> Parking tickets. Doesn't that make you a good Israeli then if you're an excellent Israeli? If yeah, has to do a few traffic violations. So parking ticket is my maximum like <laughs> thing that break the law. But I do contribute my money to uh, to this government who have to serve me. This is this is the contract in, in democracy. You do the job, you pay their taxes, and you expect to be equal and to be treated as an equal citizen. No matter if I pray in, in five times a day, I put hijab, I don't put hijab. This is a private thing that uh, it doesn't have to be the public matter, okay? Speaking Arabic, because I, <laughs> my mother is Arab and my father is Arab. He, he, she's Fatima and his, Hassan, his name is Hassan, my, my parents. So who's expecting me to speak Hebrew? I'm, I'm very good at Hebrew. I, I communicate in Hebrew and I think my Jewish friends are supposed to thank me for that, uh, you know. Uh, and they appreciate that I'm, I'm communicating in Hebrew. Uh, and what's happened recently that I am um, with, with this government and the previous government is, is that, uh, that to, you know, it's like biting. <laughs> 
you know, um, piece by piece the, the citizenship of, of being here as, as equal. And this is painful. This is now it's really painful because um, I have to feel less equal than my neighbor Michal or uh, uh, Nava. I don't feel like that. And uh, I really want them to be with me in this struggle. And uh, what's happening here now, it's it's like legalized by the law. But You're talking about the, nation, the basic law, nation state law. Yes, I do. I talk about this recent law. And 62 parliament members voted for that, that uh, the Arabic is less uh, valued than the Hebrew in this place. And this is this place is the homeland of one race and one religion. And for me, it's a disaster because if something beautiful in in this region is that um, what my mother my grandmother told me and uh, raya and she is the one who's really suffered from the nakba in 48 because she stayed here alone and her, her brother and sister moved to syria and she told me you know you know samah and i was a kid i don't really understand what she's talking about and she told me that um jewish and Muslims uh, and Christian were here all the time. And she told me that she have Jewish friend that she participated in her wedding in 1922. And she celebrated her wedding with the henna. And, and when she was dying, my, she was like dreaming about that wedding and asked my father to look for the, her friend, Jewish friend, because she, she lost contact with her. So this is her reality that People who believe or, or who belong to different religions coexist and ha- you know live peacefully uh, for for years here, and uh, I don't think that Israel Palestine is supposed to be different than any other region in the world, in Europe, in 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 uh, the states, in Canada. There is no homeland there is no state for one race in 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 the whole you know world and this is i think this is uh, not healthy actually the only place that i know is the vatican and that they don't really accept uh, you know uh, non christian there's a specific kind of christian so i don't think that this is a healthy place to raise up my kids and i want my kids to be multicultural and to be open-minded and tolerant and to understand the reality outside. And when my son, Ward, and he's now 22, uh, not, not, he's not Mohammed, no, who I met today. I gave, I picked up on the road. <laughs> I gave him a ride. He was, he was, poor guy was walking in the sun. Actually, we really like Mohammed because he's one of our reasons to move here. We moved um, five days be- before he born, was born in, in, in October 2000. And we used to live in Jerusalem. Uh, and I was pregnant and Ward was four years old. And we were looking for kindergarten, like normal kindergarten in East Jerusalem. And there is no decent place in East Jerusalem to educate a kid to be um, prepared for this encounter or for multiple language place that we live in. 
uh, when I grew up in in this small Galilee village, I I learned a lot about the Jewish people because it's ma- the mandatory you know method and and curriculum. I know I can tell you everything about the Holocaust. I can tell you the five waves of the immigration from Europe, and I can tell you a lot about the Tanakh, about the Holy Bible, and because I have to do it because I want to educate myself in the Hebrew University. So I studied a lot, but I never met actually, like, you know, physically people or Jewish people. I didn't have Jewish people. So what age? 19 when I landed in Jerusalem, the Hebrew University. Mm. And this kind of segregation is is not good for anyone. And I I understand from the Hebrew University, this this is the reality of another people as well. This is the reality of the Jewish people. They didn't really, they even were worse. And because I speak a little bit Hebrew, it was broken and still Hebrew. It's like from the Bible. You can imagine what kind of Hebrew that was that. So it's like ordering pizza in, in Shakespearean English, which is like, stupid um but but i can communicate but they didn't know any word in arabic they didn't know what is this muslim woman she's religious she's not but she's without hijab so maybe she's not muslim is she christian uh, it's less dangerous christian this kind of thing is like she she never talk about this with anyone and and i think that uh, the education system in Israel failed to prepare our next generation to the real world. But what we do here is trying to fix that. We believe in individuals and we believe in education. We are political education place. This is our message. So our kids speak Arabic and Hebrew. They know the history of the both stories. They celebrate and know a lot about uh, everybody's cultural and and religion and holidays. And I think this is much more closer than the the fabric or the the collage that going outside in outside Israel and Europe and in in the states and everywhere around us. And he will be much more prepared in, at age. 19 than I was and I see that he is much more sophisticated tolerated and and open-minded figure than I was as as 19 or 18 years uh, old young woman who's landed in Jerusalem and don't know what to do with with her Jewish uh, colleagues so we believe that we are doing a good job preparing them. And you find this with the graduates of your education system, that, that overall that they have these advantages because they learned here? I think that they are much more doing much more better than us. And um, I don't know if, if, my, um, if I was 17 years old, girl, like hiking in this road, and so two Jewish guys with kippah, I will go with them in the car. I, I won't do that. I will be afraid. I will be like, uh, I, maybe I will call my mom. And and my kids like just stopped you and, and found himself like with you in a car in an isolated place. Yeah, it was funny. We started talking in Hebrew just naturally. And then I, he realized very quickly that I was uh, originally American. He started, he's, his English is fantastic, which also I think has to do with the schools here, no? I hope that his score in English, the Bagrotus Englishes, will be like reflecting his, you know, yeah. spoken English. <laughs> that I can't we promise. Are waiting. <laughs> <laughs> 
We might reflect how much Netflix he watches instead, yeah. right? That might be yeah. a big... Yeah. yeah, that's a big help, actually, yeah. yeah. But with, with Bagrut, you can go to the college. And they take so long to get the results in. I know from my kids, it's just torture how long it takes. Yeah. So we're waiting um, till September. But he just finished uh, high school, and he really... Um, I think that they are much more open-minded and prepared to the real world than I was in his age. And uh, for me, it's a good sign. I mean, he's a lovely guy. So th- th- as a parent, I was very impressed with that young man. Um, so I have a question about, you've talked about the, how your, your, the children in the education system, how they graduate with, with the very special elements of tolerance and understanding and working together, etc. So when something like this recent law comes up and, it, and you explain that Arabic is relegated to a, to a second place and all these different sorts of things and you feel less welcome in, in Israel, etc., how do you reconcile that with your students? Because obviously the kids hear about the news and they hear from their parents or your own children who are now in, you know, just finished high school. How do you explain that to them? We've been educating you for 10 years about how we're equal, how we can work together. And then there's this law that says, actually, you're not really that equal after all. How, how does that work? So we, we are preparing our, like, the opening um, school year in September, you know, and um, we were lucky that this uh, this law was, you know, passed this bill in, in the summer vacation. So um, uh, we are now uh, protesting and trying to, um, you know, uh, to show our, um, um, you know, uh, activism against it and uh, as a community and we are all part of the protest that will take place in, in um, Saturday with uh, and we will be as a shared community there it's it's a demonstration that was uh, and it's still led by the Arab leadership inside Israel but we as as shared community want to be there uh, to present Wahd salam Shalom I think that on the daily basis the um, our education will continue to be the same. We will speak. Uh, this is the only tool that we know to to facilitate the dialogue about what's happening outside with our students. And because we are from the beginning, we are not like any other school. We speak, we speak, and we teach Arabic equally. And sometimes we give also push for for the Arabic because because even if we have equal number of students, Arab and Jewish, and the staff as well, the the Hebrew is controlling the outside world, and and we want them to you know uh, that's why it's much easier for the Arab kids to understand and to learn Hebrew than the Arab kids because they go back home for for their parents and their parents don't really speak Arabic and they go to the supermarket and other places and hear only Hebrew so we will continue to to push forward and and to to speak the both languages and to produce our own curriculum in Arabic and Hebrew and actually we are now in the middle of of translating our own curriculum uh, to Arabic and to Hebrew and to adapt you know um, what and to to choose what adapt you know what's good for us and what's is what's have to be what to go out we still belong uh, to the uh, official and formal uh, education system of education in israel um, we still have 30 percent of freedom okay and um, uh, i don't know if of if, if the education minister will Discover what we are doing here. <laughs> you will like what we are doing. And you don't think he has the memo yet of what's going on here? 
I'm not sure about that because we we memorize the Nakba and we we say what's happening in 48 and uh, uh, from both perspectives. Of course, and um, the Jewish kids do celebrate uh, their independence, but we do have uh, we memorize the Nakba day and uh, when we speak uh, speak about Rabin assassination, we um, uh, we do that in very special way of, of mentioning the peace process and talking about Arafat and uh, what this man tried to do and uh, we speak about um, ideological or um, leaders around the world who pay high price for their ideology like Mandela and Gandhi and other people who who tried on Kennedy or Sadat who tried to change this world and uh, not only Rabin so we don't really um, play this good students uh, role all the time uh, we do have struggles here and there as well in uh, with um, with the system and um, this just few weeks ago we found ourselves in the middle of a small battle against uh, um, uh, Jewish mayor he is our neighbor and, uh, and told you that we are be- we belong to a regional of uh, council called uh, Mate Yehuda and uh, uh, our m- Jewish students came from different regional uh, um, um, council it's called Gezer so most of the kibbutzim and mushavim sent uh, you know about 44 kids from his regional and according to the law the new law in Israel the mayor have the ability not to give the permission to, to external students from so from his regional uh, uh, area uh, because he's supposed to um, you know to find a place or public education in their place in their villages and we have a group of Jewish families who want to be with us with the neighbors with mixed and integrated school like us and he don't really like that. So he says, no, I won't give you the permission. And um, and it's, this is like breaking the law. So if they, we can't transport the kids, we cannot uh, subsidize the, the, their uh, uh, education. And we will also break the law. So it, a group of 10 mothers um, demonstrate against him. And we've, uh, and actually they have... Uh, how we call it? Uh, Shvitat Ra'av? Hunger strike. Hunger strike. They started hunger strike in his uh, office of this mayor. And, of course, with the help of a few journalists, and uh, this worked out. And it take them, take them 24 hours to, to release the special uh, permission. And the beautiful thing that was, I told them, like this is, I'm, I'm the Palestinian woman here, and I'm, I'm supporting the struggle of Jewish women who want to send uh, their kids to our uh, shared uh, uh, integrated school. So this is good, actually, for my. And this is, um, this is really happened in, in Israel that to find the minority. Uh, uh, stand up to you know for another struggle for for people who belong to the majority, and um, and sometimes I ask my um, like why Jewish people for example in 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 South Africa and 
were part of the struggle against the apartheid state and what the, why the Jewish people found themselves is um, um, uh, sympathize and support uh, Martin Luther King movement, for example, because they know what is, is, is to be a minority. They know what is feel to be in that position. And, and um, um, I do have high expectations from Jewish people who around and surround me uh, to understand my feelings now with this law. Um, I, I really want uh, them to act and to move and to, to break the silence. So I, I think soon we're going to wrap up, but I do have a, 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 another question for you. Um, so this was very interesting, what you're saying about the response of Jewish people to the law and in general to uh, movements of democracy, etc., Obviously, um, where we are now in your community is different because it's intentionally a mixed community. But for uh, how do you feel the reaction from Jewish people, Jewish organizations, uh, the Jewish press, etc., from around the world has been? Has it been supportive of your of the protest against the um, against the law? Do you feel that as an Arab, or do you feel like people just don't care? Well, I'm, I'm you know, I'm very well known, you know, uh, feminist. In, in my community in, in, uh, in Israel um, and optimism is like a, a tool for us like we have to believe in something and this is not a, a privilege that we can give up uh, you know believing in, in people and to believe the basic thing here in this community that we believe that um, we are making change we we are ongoing living uh, model that peace is possible and for us it's it's good enough to stay and people want to be and uh, to join the success i think this uh, what's happened with this law that a lot of people against it from different reasons mm-hmm. okay and uh, by the way i think also in different like some people i think are against it because they think there's something missing it's not that what's in it is the problem it's that it also has to be articulate the place of minorities and what their rights are. And some people think the whole thing from the start, so even among our listeners, I think you'll get different, not only different interests, but different perspectives on how to fix it. Yeah, so some people are angry about the stupid, uh, uh, you know, uh, thing of talking about the the Arabic, uh, the status of the Arabic uh, uh, language, which we know that the, the actually the status of the Arabic law before the Arabic language, before the law, it was, you know, as a second class. We as Arabic speaker are second class citizens. So it's not really painful, you know, for us. It's not like surprising that we were in very beautiful democracy and equality and suddenly we are not. Uh, we're struggling for this for 70 years, so we know what is, what's there. So uh, a lot of my Jewish colleagues are uh, really grieving the the declaration of Megillah uh, Ta'atzma'u. Uh, and, uh, and because it's it's written there, the minorities it's written there. They are, this law is missing the equality and democracy and the basic things that uh, uh, Israel, uh, which are in the Declaration of Independence, yeah, actually. I know, but I think that I, this is what actually my my speech in, in the biggest lesson in the world, Arabic lesson in the world, that take place last week in in Tel Aviv. That we have to stop grieving about this declaration and the independent declaration uh, because there is no Arab signature there. 
we are not there. And it was few months after the part of my family were killed and in 48. So someone was celebrating this Independence Day while I was like grieving or my family was grieving in, in refugee camp in Lebanon. So, so let's focus what's happening next. So that's why I think if we want to succeed to protest and to cancel or to change this awful uh, disaster law, we ha we don't have to go, you know, and cry about what happened 70 years ago. And we have to look forward. What's the reality now in Israel? The reality now in Israel that you have one million Arab citizens inside Israel. And the economics and the fabric. Uh, yeah, we are more. But let's see, like, we are 20% of the population, mm -hmm. not including East Jerusalem. So this is a fact. And we, and we want to be equal. And the only thing that can maintain the quality is democratic uh, system, political system. There is uh, no other equation or thing that I can, you know, imagine that maintain that. And we want to live together in peace. This is another thing that we are struggling for. And into that part, we have a lot of alliance. We have partners outside who want this idea and like this idea. They are part of the Jewish people who really um, is struggling and have difficult time giving up about the Jewish part of the Israel. What's, what is awful and I think is bad in this law, it's the exclusiveness of, of this place. I don't think that the Palestinians don't really understand there are lots of Jewish here around us and uh, that they um, ignore their existence or their right to be here or the, if they choose to come here from the States or from the UK or from other places around the world, this is the place for them, okay? And, and they have to feel safe in this place and other places in the world. And Palestinians do understand that. I think the next step is to find alliance and partners from the Jewish side who can sign up for that shared society. So equality have to be there, democracy have to be there, the rights of the Palestinian to self-definition and to have cultural, uh, linguistic and, and uh, political uh, identity by their own. This is the only healthy uh, um, uh, you know, uh, partnership that I can, I can imagine that maintain the existence of Israel. And this is what the unique thing about Israel from the first beginning, that they aim to have democracy and equality for everyone. That's why people now are, especially the, the people who established this from the Labour Party and merits and the, what the remains of the left uh, wing movement, uh, that they really established something, imagine that it became very beautiful and, and uh, product uh, called Israel. And now it's hijacked by uh, another project, which is called the Jewish state only for the Jewish people. And that's the painful part for them. Okay, my painful part is different, but we have to be there in rubbing square together. I think I think and you were mentioning you know things about how democracy works. I think part of how democracies work aren't uh, you're right that it has to do that everyone feels that they're equal and have the same rights. But I think part of being a citizen in a democracy and a supporter of a democracy is whether 
whether we share political opinions, we hear each other. And what you were talking about before, about Wahat al-Salam Neveh Shalom being a place where people really listen to each other's narrative as a way to be better citizens and better people, and it doesn't matter if you're Palestinian or Israeli or Jewish or Christian or Muslim, the ability to hear other people and where they come from makes us better people. And here in particular, and I think you brought it up earlier with the government, because so many people, when they talk about Israel, talk about the place of Israel's minority compared to other countries in the Middle East and the 20% who are Arab and the 5% who are... If they do that and then don't listen to those to that 20% and hear them, then I think that's a disservice and I think that's not fair and that's not honest. And I don't think that's being a good citizen. No matter what your politics are about Israel, part of democracy is listening to each other. So I want to thank you today for giving us the opportunity and for our listeners to have the opportunity to really hear you out. We didn't ask as many questions as we thought we would because I, I think we mostly, at the end, really just wanted to let you say your piece. And I think I, I think for many of our listeners, they've never heard this perspective before. So thank you for coming this lovely morning. And um, I hope that uh, your audience um, start asking questions and learn more and, and discover more about the reality of Palestinian citizens inside Israel. And um, speaking about the narrative, I think that the story has been told and we have to listen again and again. But our part of the, this thing is to go, you know, to give up, to get up and do something about that. This is the next step of fixing things. And uh, I think that we have to do it together. And there is no chance, you know, to coexist or to have to establish like healthy short society without being part of it. Well, we really thank you so much. And on behalf of our listeners, we really thank you so much for a wonderful opportunity. Thanks, Matt. Uh, thank you, Samar. Thank you. This has been eye-opening and interesting and thank you so much yeah i feel like i learned so much just from hearing you even though i've heard again i i think sometimes reading about your opinion is different than sitting across the table and having a conversation which is so important and i like you i encourage our listeners to learn more and experience more and hear more and that's the only way to grow and learn especially if you feel yourself being a little bit uncomfortable that means you're growing and learning um, uh, we will um, you know we, we have uh, um, American friends of Shalom in the states and uh, you can google it and fa you have Facebook and to be part of this and to listen to what we are doing and to know more about what our community we always looking for good volunteers and interns from around the world especially from the states and uh, next November I will be talking we'll have a series of um, events and uh, speeches in the States in November and uh, you are very welcome to attend uh, um, any kind of event in Boston, D.C., New York, Syracuse and um, New York. Okay, great. Thank you so much. If you send us links, I'll put links on. Okay, thanks so much. Bye, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Jerusalem U, the Israel Teachers Lounge podcast. Please feel free to subscribe through whichever service you use. Also, Come join us on the Facebook page and ask us questions and keep up to date with what we're doing. We love feedback. Also, we would really appreciate it if you could take a few minutes and review and rate us on iTunes or Stitcher. It would make a very big difference for us and you would earn our eternal gratitude. Thanks so much. 